to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing the light if the light goes on it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines it shines no my light will not just go on hora basaka la mashida bahaya mambro dos tagida haya no my light will not just go on it's not enough that you clear you have to be excellent your light no 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 it's, it's not enough that you do before and he has put all things under his side under his side
purpose and plan of God for your life. You must get it right the first time. You write your first attempt, Ziyale, you clear first attempt. You write your board exam for medicine, you clear first attempt. Not follow the law next time we're going to do better. No. Don't, don't. So don't look at other people's experiences. I said you'll be excellent in the name of Jesus. I've heard things disappointing, but I've also heard amazing stories. Yours will not be a horror story. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory, we give you praise. Even as we delve into your word, we thank you that you've opened our hearts and our minds to listen to what you have for us in Jesus' mighty name we pray. As every child of God says, Amen. Amen. We've been looking at the five secrets to a long life. And um, we've been dealing with quite a number of things. Let me just say something. Um, please, let me tell you something. I've noticed that few of you partner per month. Very few of you partner <clears throat> per month. There's something wrong with that. Some of you think as long as you've given your tithes, then you have saved God. No. For, for tithes, you, you may disagree with it or you like, but I read the Bible and I know for tithes you are commanded to do it. It's expected of you. You don't say, oh, when you give rent that I've done the landlord a favor. <laughs> you are commanded to pay your tithes. That's what the Bible teaches. So I never just, the tithes, don't even think of it. If you want to be mentally healthy and avoid temptations from the devil, <laughs> the way you don't think of your taxes when they cut, you don't even think about it. That's how you should think of the tithe. As long as the money is coming in, ah, don't even think of it. Don't even pray about it. The only time you should pray about it is when you've, you've done it and you are believing God for what the scripture says. Then you engage the spirit. Also, don't just give that religiously. When you do, you go to the Bible and say, thank you, Lord, because you said in your word that I'll have so much blessings that I'll have no room to put it. Otherwise, you sometimes you miss something because you just do it religiously. Don't. I don't myself. Um, so, make sure you partner with the church. There are people here who who, who pay their tithes, but they also partner with their church. That, with the church, that's different. Because everything we are doing here, the cables we are buying, that does not come from tithes. It comes from people partnering and giving. So you find that the work of God is lacking because you're not partnering. And just partner according to the grace that God has given you. If you get three pin, you partner with it, with it, I mean, you tithe your 300. Don't say, oh, I've done, I've done everything I need to do. No. You can take another 200 and partner. According to the grace that God has given, you won't die. Then when it comes to first fruit, I'll tell you this one thing. Even the dangerous fruit. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. Now, there's so much I've said about the, the, the first fruit. How many have had access to the stuff that I wrote? Yeah, you read that to, to give you a lot of insight. But I was just thinking, when it comes to giving the first fruit, the number one secret is do not be afraid. A lot of times, the reason why people don't want to give the partnership their first fruit is because there's that issue of, oh, I will lack. I think the Nyanja word is, I will lack. 
I know, this is why I just don't speak Nyanja at the end of the day. So, it means something else. But do not be afraid. You know, forget that. But do not be afraid. If you are going to trust God with certain things, you have to learn not to be afraid. Because every time you do an act of faith, you are risking the pain of the flesh. But every time you take a step of the flesh, you are risking the pain of the spirit. So either way, you risking. But faith, faith is always a rebellion. If, if you are afraid to let go, if you are afraid to let go, you will not serve God in certain dimensions. There are certain things that God, God is going to ask you to do. And it will demand a lot more from you. Because the principle of the New Testament when it comes to serving God is death to self. And there are different dimensions of death to self. Death, death to self does not just mean I've been crucified with Christ. <laughs> no. Some people think that's it. <clears throat> death to self means to totally die so that the plan and will of God can live through you. It, it, it can actually mean even dying in the physical so that the word of God can, can live if you are a hindrance to it. Yeah. Because remember, the principle of the New Testament is he who desires his life will lose it. He who loves even his own life is not worthy of me. He who loves father or mother is not worthy of me. Oh, but life consists in money. So you have to let go of money to prove that you love God and the things you possess. So there are people who died in the New Testament to show us that they let the will of God live through them. I told you last time about Barnabas. Barnabas who gave his whole entire land. <laughs> and then the Bible doesn't even say that afterwards he became rich. Mm. He keeps quiet. <laughs> Nothing happened. But you, when you give your own talent, um, I just want to share a testimony. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we have to be totally sold out to the word of God and what it demands of us. But that's what I just wanted to share you. When it comes to the first fruit, do not be afraid. It's not like you've, you've never been broke before. <laughs> there are times you were brokest, you never died. Oh, come on, talk to me, you people. Okay. Let's, 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 let's just talk you and die. Yeah, you even know what, the next salary I'm going to get. <laughs> but you know there are times, you even know the next salary I'm going to get. But you know there were times when there was no salary for months of end. You never died. Then now you want to be afraid. When you know that God is going to be more do not be afraid. Tell your neighbor, do not be afraid. Yeah, yeah. And and you know this happens once a year. Afterwards, no matter how much rich you become, so we will not collect your first food. <laughs> so sometimes pressure is the sign that you do it because it's the right time. Because no matter how rich you become, if you can give the next month, ah, I will not accept. Because my revelation says that you have to give in a specific period of time. There's an alarm here. Okay, it's, I think it's off. Now, one of the most important things that you read the Bible 
is uh, okay. So that's clear. Yes. Someone said, "Do not be afraid." Do not be afraid. Good. I've been doing first fruit of thousands of quarters for some time now. And one thing I learned is do not be afraid. You have to kill your Isaac. Eh? Hello, God, for you will not come tell you, you will not send an angel. Stop! <laughs> Dead. Lord, am I going to be rich? Obedience. Um, when you study the Bible, there's something I wanted to say, but let me spare you. Okay. I think we're all victims of this thing where probably something is really funny to you alone. And you, you actually think you're very funny. And you're on the bus and you laugh alone when you cut it. But I want to tell you something, but I will spare you from it because you're not ready. Now, when you read the Bible, yo, when you read the Bible, <laughs> as you begin to grow in reading the Bible, you discover that everything that we read in the Bible points to Jesus. Jesus is the purpose of the Bible. Everything you read points to the person of Jesus Christ. And that's important for you to discover. Okay? That everything in the Bible. I remember there was one time a friend of mine were arguing. You know, no, the book of Revelation, for example, does not even mention the word Jesus. And he was so serious. And the moment we were reading chapter one, the revelation of Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, we laughed at him. As you know that one for not having bricks. Now, as I was saying, when you read the Bible, it should point to the person of Jesus. I'm going somewhere with this. <clears throat> as we've been reading, as we've been dealing with the subject of, uh, I sense a lot of favor in my spirit. Yes. Yes. I don't know how I can explain it, but I just feel God smiling on you with favor. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's go on. I'm sure as we go on, the Spirit will make things clearer. Now, we said one secret to long life was? Uh-huh, number two, honor. honor. So you should be a person of honor. Mind the way you talk to people. Mind the way you talk about people. So that's a diff- there's a difference between talking to people and talking about people. Mind the way you do that. It's very important. Sometimes this is why some men, men, don't live long. They are too bold. Yes. <laughs> it's serious. They say things that condemn them. Wow. You may say something and think you've gotten away with it. So be careful how you talk about people. You can perish with your boldness. And no one will even remember <laughs> that you existed. 
Now people move on. Imagine great people who died. People moved on like they were not there. <laughs> so even you, as great as you are, make sure you do what God called you to do. Humbly live long. So honor people. Okay? It's a world of people. Sometimes God will speak through people, will send people to correct you, to guide you, to lead you. So care for how you treat people. Your parents, we discussed. Even the giving of the first fruit is part of honor, remember? Yes, sir. Mm. So can, you can imagine, just things you do contribute to the length of your life. <coughs> and then you're saying, no, in Africa, 5,000. Then we discussed now keeping yourself fit and healthy. You just don't eat anything if you are sung. Anything you find, you eat. And some people have not, have not tasted. Same day. Within the same hours, chikanda, coca cola, like anything they just can. <laughs> Sweet potatoes for frying. Then <laughs> 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 Oh, so don't just eat to finish. Some people I know who eat to find made in China. <laughs> 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 So that evil spirit, you should take it. Especially the people from boarding schools. They just want to eat. You've never been to boarding school, that's why you're Trust me. And I was there. God saved us. So when I tell you, you know what I'm talking about. People from boarding school. <laughs> you know, there's that, there's that very, there's that very funny. Um, there's like a comedy where someone is like entering the shop, and then there's a lady who's eating rice and chicken and spaghetti. Then one guy is just greeting her. Hi, how are you? Ah. I'm doing what's up, how are you? I'm fine. Then he just covers his once on the plate. Then once the guy, the, the guy, the girl is like looking at the guy, the next time she looks at the plate, she discovers there's nothing. <laughs> when she looks at the guy, the can last stroke. <laughs> while she's trying to look at the plate again, the plate is not there. She looks back and then young <laughs> they just want to eat. You can eat what will eat you, so careful. Not everything you just eat. Mind things you eat before you sleep. There are things you eat before you sleep. Take care of your body, okay? You will need it. You will need it in this world. You can have as big as an assignment as you. 
you had, but if you don't take care of yourself, you can die. It's not just Mama Love who's guilty. <laughs> if at all they do, I don't know. I didn't say they do. Because me, I've, I've been happy. So I don't know other people's stories. Now. Mm. <laughs> so the next part. This more paper. So now it's it's the it's it's you need the next part is you need to make sure that you find yourself serving God. If you want to live long, you have to make sure that you serve God. Okay. And this is what I want to share with you today. Remember, I told you, number one, that there's no person that God allows to exist who has no purpose, right? Yeah. And I showed to you that every person, where, no matter how you are born, you are born within purpose. No matter how you are born. Or what, if, even if the world caused it an accident, it's, it still takes two people to be in an accident, so there's intentionalism. You know what we are doing. So it's not an accident. It's a child. <laughs> and that child came from God. So you still are part of God's plan and purpose. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And stop crying about, no, me, the way I was born, maybe that's why. No. You don't have that luxury. You will still be judged for the number of years you lived here. It doesn't matter how you were not born or born. You will still be judged because you are on borrowed time. Are you listening to me? Yes. It's important for you to know that. So there's no person, and there's, there's no person who is a believer who lacks a ministry. And we find this in the book of First Corinthians, chapter number twelve, verse seven, where he says, "But to everyone the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the profit of all." So that means there's no person who lacks a manifestation of the Spirit. Now, remember, you cannot be born again without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who makes Jesus real to you. He's the one who brings the reality of salvation to you. So as at the time you give your life to Christ, you already have the Holy Spirit, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the down payment, is the guarantee that we are going to be saved. So you cannot be saved without the Holy Spirit, or you are not saved. You may not even speak in tongues, but you have the Holy Spirit. That's important for you to understand. And as long as you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has a way he manifests himself in you so that everybody can profit. So if you just sit in the bench, you've never been of profit to the body of Christ. You are sitting on purpose. So find yourself serving. Do something. Do something. Even John the Baptist, all he wanted was just, he didn't know who was going to be the Messiah. The best was just baptize everyone. <laughs> At least he was changing people until finally the person he was supposed to baptize showed up. So do something. Somebody said do something. <laughs> Don't just sit. Always coming here to be blessed. Oh, pray for me. Every time people are going to pray, pray for me. You, when are you going to pray for people? 
remember me in your breath. Mention me, we'll be mentioning you. Father, I mentioned no Malana. <laughs> That's what we'll be doing now. I'm praying for you. I mentioned Ceci. Mention you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And some of you, those are the prayers you pray. You may just mention people. Father, I mentioned the pastor. Can you pray? You're mentioning us. More than Facebook. <laughs> now, the purpose with which someone is born has a timeline because God gives us a generation to live in. You, 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 the generation you live in is your generation, no matter how long it lasts. What will be said of you about what you did in your generation? The Bible says of Joshua, and the people served God all the days of Joshua's life. I looked at that and I was like, what? They will serve God. You should be the guy who, when people are around, they cannot do stupid things because they know Capoeira, come on, yes? Because Jesus is number one. Capoeira, come on. And you should be proud of it. Some of you get to, are easy to bully. People bully you easily about your faith. That's why I tell you, someone was telling me, you know, sometimes at church, when they are organizing a party, they even say, I'm reduce the amount of alcohol. And then you're like, ah, oh, even you, you get bullied. What? Ah, oh, he, can, he, can, he can never forget that day. If he tempered with me and my faith. Oh, I was not going to be good working in some of these places. Because I was going to bully them myself. No, but don't do that. And someone said, eh, Baku Church, eh, increase alcohol for this Vamma Club in Amanawati Shabi. I would make sure you feel it. Ah! Did you have to say that you are forgetting what you said? <laughs> because when someone says Baku Church, they are not saying it out of respect. Yes. They are saying it to mock. Yes. So sometimes you give them a little taste of their own music. Yeah. Just a tiny little bit. Maybe they'll never forget. Yeah, you are too spiritual. <laughs> yeah, I was too spiritual, mommy. Too spiritual. We are all spiritual. There's no time when anybody is any less spiritual than they are. We are all too spiritual. It just depends whether you're spiritually cold or hot. Somebody tells you you are too spiritual, ask them, you are too what? <laughs> Remember what I tell you, if someone is saying, oh, this is your Christianity thing, you're overdoing it, it's because they're underdoing theirs. Yes. Especially if they are called a Christian. Even as we are Christians, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> Even get intimidated, lots of persecution. There's persecution that time, not those jokes. When someone is joking about your faith, you put them in their place. Ah, yes. you can remember me. For me, they just never did. When you want them, they don't show up. <laughs> Anyways, so you've got a generation to serve God in, right? Yes. A guy named Archippus. And then we said that that purpose is an argument for preservation, right? Yes. We remember the guy named Archippus in the book of Colossians chapter number 4, verse 17, who was taught to take heed to the ministry which he had received in the Lord that he fulfills it. That means it's very possible to not fulfill your ministry. For him to be told to take heed to fulfill the ministry. 
It means you can refuse to take heed and not fulfill the ministry that you received in the Lord. And you can have all manner of reasons why you're not fulfilling it. You're calling in the Lord. The people at church offended me. Like a girl broke my heart. It became difficult to save the Lord. Or like a guy. Or they were not paying me. All sorts of reasons. So you think because someone broke your heart, who is going to fulfill your ministry from God for you? There are some things you only be properly rewarded for when you get to heaven. Stop looking to people for rewards. Because you will already receive it. And whatever you receive from men, that's it. You're blocking yourself from what you can receive from God. Are you listening to me? When the Lord Jesus Christ came, he was very conscious of the fact that he has a purpose and an assignment. And the first time he showed up in the book of Luke chapter 4, the first time the Lord Jesus Christ showed up was he began to mention what was written of him. And I told you that you have to find what is written of you in the scriptures. Are you listening to me? So when the Lord Jesus Christ resurrected, what he told the disciples was this, in the book of Luke chapter number 24. Um, I'll begin from 42, the Bible reads, they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. So when you study Jesus, you find that the whole lot of the Bible was written about him and is written about him. Now, when someone says what was written in the law, the prophets and the Psalms had to be fulfilled, was written about me and had to be fulfilled. That's basically what he was saying. Doesn't that mean that at least for them, the whole Bible, their whole Bible was about him? But he even existed among them and they never knew. And now I just want to show you, and this is important for your theological knowledge, how that the law, the prophets, and the Psalms are all an expression of the person of Jesus. And the Old Testament is a, an expression. It's written about the person of the Word who is manifested in the flesh of Jesus Christ, who walked this earth and talked to people and healed people. And they never even knew it. Matter of fact, in John 7, 15, the Bible says, they listened to him talk and they were like, how does he know all these scriptures? He has never been educated. And then the Bible says, uh, 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 I mean, in, in, in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, they said, they also listened to Paul, and uh, I mean to Peter and John, and they spoke so eloquently, and they were like, how are these guys able to talk like this when they've not been to school? And then they said, ah, they had been with Jesus. Why? They had been with the written word who was walking in the flesh. And everything that was written was an expression of the person of Jesus. And that is why he would talk and quote scriptures without having gone to school because he was the scriptures himself. Mm. This, by the way, this does not mean Jesus never used to study. He was a studious man. Jesus studied the scriptures. He read them because as a human being, he had to be exposed to them. So you can be a manifestation of the scripture you have never read. You will never be. Jesus Christ was not any more a manifestation of the scriptures that he never read. 
But Jesus Christ gave himself to the reading of the word of God from a very young age. And that was why he was with the, with the professors of the law and the teachers of the law and the Pharisees and the scribes at 12 years old. And he was debating and asking intelligent questions. Have you ever had a kid ask you an intelligent question? Yeah. Not why is Candy Brew? <laughs> there are intelligent questions. Like the Bible says they marveled at his intelligence. His synesis, the way things were going on in his mind, the way concepts were connecting and making sense, the way he would ask from Isaiah and then the law of Moses and then make a question. The professors of the law were impressed with this kid that he stayed with them for three days and his parents could not find him. And all Jesus Christ was doing was delving into the scripture. At 12 years old! Then wow. wow. you are slightly above the law. <laughs> slightly. Let's. How old you really eyes? How young your eyes between you and I? But you know you are slightly about pure. We always have to. Um, can you open the book of Matthew? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Some of you thank God now that you're using soft copy Bible. You just don't use it. Otherwise, no, we know, we know. Hallelujah. So Jesus gave himself to the study of the word, and you must give yourself to the study of the word. So he told them what was written in the law of Moses, and the prophets had to be fulfilled. Let's go to the book of Exodus, or as some friends call it, Exodus, chapter number 12. And we read about the Passover here. Exodus chapter number 12. You listen to me read. While, verse 1, while the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of it. I, I like that. You know, sometimes you're reading the Bible and revelation just hits your spirit before you go further. I, I, listen to this. Listen to this. This is powerful. Oh, you never saw what I saw. Trust me. While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Like... Do you see how deep that is? <laughs> Can you imagine? That's powerful. Wow. That's a whole teaching on personal instruction. It says, this will be the first month of the year for you. It may not be for everyone. Everyone may be saying, no, it's time to eat and drink. For you, God is saying first, you have to learn the place of personal instruction. And everyone else will eat and feast, and God will be pleased with them. You, when you eat with them, you will sin and be punished because for you, the instruction was different. Wow. <clears throat> Are you listening to me? Yes. Yeah. So he says, this will be the first month of the year for you, announced to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a goat, or, I mean, or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. If a family is too small to eat a whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be one year old, a one year old male, either a sheep or a goat with no defects. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter. Are you listening to that? Then the whole assembly of the community of the Israel must slaughter their lamb or their young goat at twilight. 
They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and the top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. The same night, they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it along with bitter salad greens and, and bread made without yeast. Okay, then he gives them <clears throat> further instructions. Then he tells them why. Then he says the blood, verse 13 says, the, the blood on your doorsteps will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike, strike the land of Egypt. So, preservation from the plague of death is through the blood of the lamb. Are you seeing that? Yes, sir. That's important. So, okay. So this is what is written in the law of Moses. Remember, Jesus Christ is... So Jesus is reading and he's saying what was written in the law must be fulfilled. <clears throat> right? So Jesus would be reading this and he would be seeing himself. Everyone else who was Jew was just thinking about the lamb. But Jesus Christ was seeing that all this was written about me. I am the lamb here. He found himself in the scriptures. He's reading and he's like, I'm the lamb. And things must happen the way they are written. There must be a lamb without defect. That means without sin. Jesus was not without sin because he was born of the seed of the woman and not the seed of the man. Because it was the man who disobeyed God, not the woman. Remember that when Eve ate of the fruit, nothing changed. But when Adam ate, mm, Haywire, helter skelter, upside down. Things changed. After Adam, but when she ate, nothing changed because the instruction was given to Adam not to eat. Adam was the one who was told, "Do not eat." So him, when he ate, that's why I'm saying personal instruction is important. You can find the same thing another person does; they get away with it. You, that's when spirits from the grandfather's side, everything just. God's busy. It's important to know what God is telling you. What is God telling you? That's important for you to know. Everyone else can marry and go out. You, if you decide to marry and go out, you miss out on the ministry God gave you. You have to know what God is telling you. So, that's just, by the way. Now, Remember, when you read John chapter number 1, verse 29, the Bible reads, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him. This is in the New Testament, some about 800 years later. Not actually, more than 800 years. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. How did John form these sentences? Where did this revelation come from? The Spirit of God began to teach John that Jesus is the Lamb whom Moses spoke of. And even as John spoke of it, the Jews never understood. Because this was esoteric language. This was a mystery to them. What does it mean, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? They know that what lambs used to do was take away the sins. Gods and lambs and bulls and gods would be used to take away the sin for a year and for a time. But they were not able to cleanse the conscience of, 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 ev of evil. Okay, and that's why God had to send a perfect sacrifice whose blood would now cleanse people of their sin. Okay, so he calls him the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and it's still a mystery. But he is the Lamb that was spoken of in the Lord. So as you are reading the Bible, you are reading the Lord, Jesus Christ is the Lamb. So John goes on to say, He is the one I was talking about when I said the man is coming uh, who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. 
<laughs> but John was six months older than Jesus. So he was trying to say, this, this is someone who's existed before me. He is the word. He is God the word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so he goes on and baptizes him. Now, I want us to look at something. When you read the book of Matthew chapter number 27, verse 2 of the Bible reads, I'm opening, your, I'm opening your eyes to the scriptures and how that the scriptures teach us. They, they take us to the person of Jesus. There's nowhere in the Bible you read that will not point you to Jesus. The word of God points you to Jesus. In Matthew chapter number 27, verse 2 of the Bible says, but when the, but the, when, but when the leading priests and the elders made their accusations against him, Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear all these charges they are bringing against you? Pilate demanded. But Jesus made no response to any of the charges, much to the governor's surprise. NLT says, why? I, I mean, I'm going to read the NLT. But look, why are they surprised? Why, why are they surprised that Jesus is not saying anything? And you know, I can imagine in this moment what, what we call the passion of the Christ. In this moment where Jesus Christ was being tortured and persecuted, I can imagine what was going on in heaven. Because the attention of heaven was on what was happening on earth. And they were observing the scriptures, they were ticking the prophecies, making sure what Moses said comes to pass. What the prophet said, all the prophets stood there, praying and just hoping that everything that they had prophesied come to pass. The prophets who had gone before him. I'm sure even when Moses and Elijah came to him on the Mount of Transfiguration, they told him, please, we can stop it the Adam. <laughs> Adam, oh, I need to bite you. by the way, continue showing us how you they were begging him, please. Please make sure. Otherwise, with the things we prophesied, we are under pressure. Yes, we are just constantly tell God, no, it's the Holy Spirit who was telling us. But God is like, no, you spoke with your mouth. So you have, please, please. So you can imagine Isaiah was watching this. Elijah was watching this. Hmm. And I'm asking, this question. The Bible says Jesus was silenced the whole time they were asking him questions. Yes, we not on the law. Yes, we not on the law. Yes, we can't sit in your country. See? I'll tell you why he was silent. Isaiah 53. The Bible says, Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in that Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus here. This is now about six to eight hundred years before the birth of Jesus. My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. He turned our, we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our, it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God. That means that's what the Jews thought. They said he's cursed. Because remember, the Bible says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So for example, if a person, if a person insults or curses his parents or dishonors his parents, that's how they would kill them. They would say the person is accursed. So they would, they would crucify them on the cross. 
And all those people they considered cursed because of the gravity of their offenses, including those that they stoned. They called them cursed. So when a person is, is, is going to die the death on the cross, that was for the worst of the criminals, like thieves and murderers and murderers of parents and profane people, the perverted. Those are the ones who died that death. So for Jesus Christ to die that kind of death, he was considered accursed. He is a cursed man, and everybody looked at him like that, and they spat on him. And this is what Isaiah, in retrospect, is seeing by the Spirit six to eight hundred years before it happens. He says, yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows, because it was us who were really cursed spiritually, because of the sin of Adam that he committed on our behalf. And we didn't have to commit it, we just had to be born. Because sin, beyond it being an act, is a nature. People do not sin because they have done a sinful thing. People do sinful things because they are initially sinners in themselves. And that sinful nature is something that they didn't have to work for. It is something that was inherited. It was something that was passed down to them spiritually, genetically, by being born of a man. That's what it means to be a sinner. It's beyond what people do. So you can be righteous all you like in your own eyes. Sit in the house, don't do anything. You are still a just idol sinner. In the same way, receiving righteousness, the same way that receiving sin is a breath issue. Receiving righteousness is a breath issue. You have to be born again, born of the Spirit. By receiving Jesus, the Bible says, as many as received him to them, he gave the power to become children of God. So at the moment that they receive the person of the Son of God, then they are transformed. They are, they are backdated and teleported back to the cross, and they become a new creature. And all things pass away, and all things become new. And the Bible says, all these things are of God. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is our advantage. This is our secret. This is our redemption. The same way sin was a ease, was an ease, a breath issue. Even righteousness is a breath issue. So unless you are born the second time, you remain a sinner. Are you listening to me? The Bible goes on to say, the Bible goes on to say, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we would be whole. Hallelujah. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Jesus paid for your healing. You don't have to be sick. If you believe this gospel, you remember Jesus Christ did not just die for your sins. He died by his stripes. You were healed. Hallelujah. You refuse. No, someone paid for this. I refuse to be sick in the name of Jesus. By his stripes you were healed. Hallelujah. I said you are healed in Jesus' mighty name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. The Bible says, all of us like sheep have strayed away. Huh? We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Now, here's an interesting part. Verse 7. Isaiah is still prophesying. Then he says, he was oppressed and treated harshly. Yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before his shearers, he did not open his mouth. So no matter how much Pilate was going to ask him questions, Jesus was not going to talk. Thank you. 
Because you can imagine, this is what I'm saying, the attention of heaven was on Jesus that night. Because Isaiah is watching. And Isaiah was like, what I prophesied was as a lamb, he was not going to say a word, and he's watching. And Jesus knew Isaiah is watching up. And I guys, you can't prophesy. So Never spoke a word. Except when they put him under pressure, you the son of God knows also. And he was silent. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That tells you why he was quiet. How do you expect a lamb to talk? You would take it before a slaughter, and before the slaughterhouse, and before the shearer, and he will not say a word. And lambs are very strange animals. People who keep lambs say, a day before you kill a lamb, even if you make the decision, this decision independently, it will isolate itself and sit quietly. Wow. <laughs> Weird animals. Yeah. <laughs> ah, but lamb meat is still so tasty. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> just in case you thought we were going to stop eating lamb meat. Still finger licking good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Matthew 27, verse 3. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. I can imagine Judas must have thought, ah, he's Jesus, he's powerful. It's just one of those days. He's going to come out. Because Jesus would walk out of, and I'll show you, Jesus would walk out of traps like that. Judas was like, ah, it's just like 30 pieces of silver. Let me just eat so that I can buy something. So he went. I'm sure that's how he used to talk. He went and got the 30 pieces of silver <laughs> and saw Jesus. Then he noticed Jesus Christ was caught and he was weak. He was like, no, it can't be Jesus. A, this is the part he does, that Superman thing. And nothing was happening because it was time for Jesus to die. Judas could not hold it. He couldn't believe what he did. And he committed suicide. I have seen by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see to it. In other words, you people, I'm sorry. I was just joking when I saw him. Then they said, ah, that's none of our business. <laughs> you already saw him. Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> we've brought that, we've, we've brought, he brought back the money. Judas said, no, I'm sorry. And one of the Pharisees came out with the guitar. Ding, ding. <laughs> too late, it's too late. <laughs> Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. He did a kakuchamfungo. But he didn't have to. Jesus was even willing to forgive the worst of the criminals. Hallelujah. Listen to that. Verse 9. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet. In other words, Jeremiah was also watching to see that the words come to pass. Then was fulfilled what was written by the Jeremiah the prophet. And they took 30 pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom the children of Israel priced, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. So he was prophesied. Even Jeremiah was like, hmm, 
it has been revealed. <laughs> oh, praise God. The attention of, of heaven was on Jesus this day. You can imagine the pressure he had. Not just earthly pressure, but heaven. Hallelujah. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, No, so sir. But when the charges were made against him by the chief priest, he made no answer. They said things, but like a sheep before the shearers and the, the people to kill it, he was silent. Ah, Isaiah was like, Ah, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how many and how serious are the things they are testifying against you? But he made no reply to him, not even a single accusation, so that the governor marveled greatly. Now, it was a governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. This year there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas, and the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning. He said, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? He knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. So he brought the worst criminal so that they could say, ah, no, okay, Jesus. That was his trick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message. Leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. <laughs> Meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd. This is a crowd of Jews, okay? To ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So the governor asked, which of these two do you want me to release? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas. <laughs> Pilate responded, then what shall I do with this Jesus whom, who, who, who is called Messiah? They shouted, crucify him. Why? Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder. Mutani <laughs> Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I'm innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. Now, this is the part I want you to see. And the people yelled, We will take responsibility for his death. We and our children. <laughs> Pilate was saying, and remember, this was to fulfill what was written in the laws of Moses. That the elders had to carry the lamb and kill it together as an assembly outside. And then take the blood and put it on their houses and their children. So they didn't know, but prophecy was playing out. So some of you may be reading the scriptures and you are thinking, Jesus must have felt bad. He was like, yes. <laughs> yes. Although he was in pain, Jesus Christ was not going to die. And Jesus was making sure all the prophetic words written about him were coming to pass. So he was, even him was speaking. I'm sure Moses there was like, yes, it has happened. You see, what we used to do during Passover, the elders would meet, then they would kill, and lamb without defect, and they would take the blood on their... And here they did exactly the same. They took the responsibility and the blood. But they didn't know that that was the blood that was going to save them. So even as they did, that's why the Bible says, had they known, they would not have crucified. The princes of this world, the demons inspired them 
to raise a mob and to do crowd behavior and all that kind of stuff. They didn't know that they were waiting for God to do prophecy. God is tough. Hallelujah. John chapter number 19, verse 25. Now, there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. Jesus was a very responsible man. Even when he was dying, he left his mother in the care of someone he loved and trusted. Take care of your parents. Don't think I'm still glowing. No. Put it in your mind. Some of you are always getting from your parents. Sometimes just tell them, oh, I got paid. I, I put you five quarter at time. Sometimes it's not, it's, not, it's not about the money. It's about the heart. They want to see that you care for them. Yeah. They may even be richer than you, but they just want to see that you love them. Not give me, give me. Shimpe <laughs> me. Your song is nine we you just mpalen. Now listen to verse 28. After this, Jesus knowing that uh, can you imagine? That means he was taking stock. L- listen to this. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture must be fulfilled. He said, I thirst. That means Jesus was thinking of the script, he was sticking. Okay, I'm quiet. They have said they are taking the blood of them and their children. He's ticking. This is, this is what we are seeing. How much of scriptures are you ticking in your life? God, this is this assignment. Even good things happening. That's purpose, that's assignment. You have to tick. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now, a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it in high soap, and put it on his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Why? Okay, where was he getting this from? In the Psalms, it was written. In the Psalms, it was written that they gave him, they gave him this kind of wine. When you read Psalm 69, verse 21, the psalmist is talking. Remember, Jesus said what was written in the law in the prophets and in the psalm must be fulfilled. So Jesus is a fulfillment. Of, that's why Jesus Christ said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. People think that's just talking about Sabbath. No, it's deeper than that. It's talking about whatever Moses spoke of. Sabbath is just part of it, and Jesus fulfilled Sabbath because he brought rest. Sabbath means rest. Rest is not in a day. You can keep the Sabbath and be restless in your spirit. And until you find the person of Jesus, you will never rest. I have got friends of mine who keep the Sabbath and I know they are restless. Restless, sinful. And I don't mean to condemn. And I remember one time there was a guy where they were at a workshop. We were making a command there. Now it was Sabbath. He has always been a part of the Sabbath. I mean, a support, whatever it is. Like he's a staunch keeper of the Sabbath. Ah, wait. I saw him in the command of the news. Ah, wait, I asked, are you not breaking the Sabbath? No, the Lord understands. 
I loved. I didn't want to push it further. Psalm, Psalm 69, verse 19. He, this, is, this is the psalmist is, he's speaking. Why are you playing me a Nigerian what? Instrumentalist. Okay, let's go. Let's go. No discernment. Now we got it. The psalmist is talking. <laughs> and you know, you guys will be sensitive. I even began thinking. Mama! Mama! You should be doing warfare before you come on stage. We don't fight against flesh and blood. You just fight in the pew. Derail the man of God. Verse 19. Psalm 69, verse 19. You know my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before me, fully known to you. Insults and reproach have broken my heart. I am full of heaviness and distressingly sick. I looked for pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. They gave me also gall, poisonous and bitter, for my food. And in my thirst, they gave me vinegar, a sour wine to drink. Are you seeing that? So Jesus, see, wanting the scriptures to be fulfilled deliberately, because he was about to die. Then he was like, wait, there's one more scripture which has not been fulfilled about me. So he deliberately said, I'm thirsty. And he knew that they were going to take something to mock him. So they gave him wine. And afterwards, he said, it is finished. But before that, Jesus Christ said something amazing. Let me just show you. Jesus was taking account. When you read the account uh, of Matthew, ah, this is powerful. This is powerful. Mm -hmm. When you read the account of Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, the Bible says, And about the ninth hour, that's three o'clock, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabaketani. That is, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me, leaving me helpless, forsaken, and failing me? You know what? You find that in Psalm 22, verse 1. Even Jesus Christ shouting, why have you forsaken me, was to fulfill a scripture. <clears throat> so this is why when you study the Bible, Jesus knew there are certain things he had to fulfill before he died. And that's why he said, you cannot take my life away from me. I, my father gave me power to keep my life. I laid down and I will raise it up. Why? Because he had a purpose to fulfill. So until all these things were fulfilled, Jesus Christ had to stay alive. I don't know how many things God has put in your spirit, but until you fulfill them, you will stay alive. Amen. As long as you are doing the work of God, you will stay alive. Amen. Even heaven had to forbid any, any death, because the kind of pain Jesus Christ experienced as a normal man, he would have died. But he decided, why does Mwalida sound like eating a lot? That's why I'm just leaving Nyanja alone. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? David, David, there was something on David. David was just not a king. The man was a prophet. Yeah. 
I've shown you how Jesus Christ fulfilled the law, what was written in the prophets and in the Psalms. And he was not going to die until he saw those things come to pass. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. There is an interesting scripture. Do you remember? Just get it. It's the last scripture we're going to read. There's an interesting scripture in the Gospels where Jesus Christ, they were so upset with him <clears throat> that they decided we are going to throw him over a cliff. Remember? They pushed him towards the cliff and the Bible says he passed right through the crowd because it was not yet time. Jesus Christ, he was even taken to the... Why didn't he avoid? Maybe he was under pressure. Then when he reached, he said, wait, there are many scriptures I've not fulfilled. And he walked back. Imagine through the crowd and they never touched him. When you realize you've got so much things to do for God, not for yourself and your company. <laughs> not for yourself and your stomach. He said, you fool. Tonight your life will be asked of you. He went so hard. Built a whole food company and said, I'll eat our bikers. Then God said, You fool. How is what you're doing going to serve God? So, isn't it amazing how Jesus Christ was not going to die? Imagine the number of times he was in danger with the Pharisees. He survived them all because he had to fulfill purpose. Brothers and sisters, Paul once said, I've fought a good fight, I've run a good race. And now, a prize is waiting for me. You can know that I'm, I'm done with the work of God. I've done some things. You can know. It's not a mystery. You can know. Some of you are here, you're even thinking, what have I done? You're, some of you are still deciding which department to join. But it's possible not to fulfill your ministry. It's also possible not to even know your ministry. But remember what I told you. Do not put pressure on yourself. These things are easy. As you just flow with the spirit, you keep baptizing till the right one comes. Find something. Start picking papers. Do something in the house of God. Hey, you've seen, you've seen, you've seen Mrs. Pierce. She comes here. She does work. This morning I saw her coming, taking chairs, doing things, and she was wiping his TV before the night came. So the night did not even notice that the TV was already clean. She kept clean because she was late. <laughs> but she's not, she's, she's our mother, but she does work. Then you're still praying about it. <laughs> <laughs> the efficiency of your assignment and you doing your assignment, it's, it's, it's argument. Some of you, you find in your, let me say this. You find in your workplaces there's such excellence. When you come here, it's, it's shoddy. The work of God is just substandard. But you're part of the church. When you're writing reports for your workplaces, there's such excellence that you put in, such labor, such meticulousness. There's a value you've placed on the work of your company. But when you're here, you just do things big, big, How are you a hypocrite? Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't know that God compares. Remember what he said? 
He said, you cannot give this money you are giving, or these animals you are giving. He says, try to give them to your governor and see what your governor will do. <coughs> you cannot be giving a substandard things, but you go out there, your stuff is excellent. You see, for example, the kind of pictures that Silver Blue gives us here. We don't have it. We've not bought a camera yet here. But the, you've seen the people, people text me, yeah, Pastor, sir, your camera is powerful. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellence. Excellence. I mean it would be very it would be very embarrassing for you to be doing those amazing events, but in the You should be ashamed. You will not be keeping accounts the way you keep them at the bank then here. Someone has that. Even you yourself, who's laughing? Check yourself. I catch you outside playing. No, because I'm not going to be But here we give you all.